What's up, everybody? Peace. Uh, just heads up. There may be some strong language in this episode. Ooh, <laughs> some bad words. <laughs> hey, what's up? This is Black Thought from the legendary Roots crew, and you're checking out What's Good with Stretch and Bobbito on NPR.org or wherever you buy your pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Stretch Armstrong. Why do you always open up the show? Why don't we switch it up? Hey, everybody, my boy right here is Stretch Armstrong. And my man to my left is Cool Bob Love, a.k.a. Wait, no, Bobito Garcia, (laughs) a.k.a. Cool Bob Love. (laughs) And this is What's Good with Stretch and Bobito. That's right, and today's guest is none other than Roots member, Grammy award-winning, Tonight Show, I mean, Master Mike Smith. Black Black Thought. Thought. Yeah. And we've (laughs) known him for quite quite some time. We we crossed his paths uh, as an unsigned artist, as an up-and-coming artist back in the 90s when we had our hip-hop show. And and we both performed at the Roots Picnic uh, two two years ago. Right across the street. (laughs) Across the street from NPR (laughs) Studios. And um, you know he he has been splashing as of late with uh, you know fierce freestyles, new record releases. It's really a beautiful thing. I mean, you know there there are a number of of artists that passed through our doors, you know, in the '90s from our from our, our sh- the show we had back then um, that have gone on to you know colossally big things. You know, I'm talking about Eminem, Jay Z, mm-hmm. Nas, etc. But I gotta think for my for myself that seeing the success that Black Thought has had warms my heart in a way that is unique because he's really the embodiment of the culture. He's had a really uncompromised uh, approach to to his work. He's never had those kind of missteps where we see artists that have tried to maybe cross over or, or expand their yeah. expand their listenership yeah. by yeah. doing something that's sort of out of their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And he's super famous yeah. as you know someone you see nightly on the tonight show yeah. i mean it's it's incredible that he's been able to reach that amount of success and have the power to see his new projects come to fruition in a way that's also uncompromised i can't say anything more hold tight people black thought up next We'd like to say a quick thank you and share a message from one of our sponsors, Sony Music Latin, presenting Grammy Award-winning artist Ile, a Puerto Rican singer and composer known for her work with Calle 13. Her debut album, Elevitable, garnered her a Best New Artist nomination at the Latin Grammys. It also won the award for the Best Latin Rock, Urban, or Alternative Album at the 60th Annual Grammy Awards. Her new single and video, titled Odio, is available everywhere now. There is a punk branch of the musical family tree that is Latin music, and Alejandro Escobedo is one of its pioneers. His new album takes on themes of immigration and American identity in a loud, raucous, and always insightful collection of new songs. Hear him talk about that and some of the history of Latin punk on Alt Latino. And we're back in the presence of greatness, Tariq oh. Trotter, a.k.a. Black Thought. Welcome to What's Good with Stretch and Bobbito. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks. You guys have like a catchphrase, like like you got to start every joint off with like, so, 
What's good? That was, was kind of it. I, I kind of I felt like saying welcome back because we we really do have a, a shared history when it comes absolutely to, it comes to radio, and it's amazing absolutely. to have you here. Yeah, oh, no, no. It's, so yeah, it's, 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 it's like he, we had Black Thought when we were on the air in the '90s, and now we have Black Thought in our in our current incarnation. So you know, talking about the '90s, uh, I used to work at Def Jam. I used to be a Def Jam artist. I was. A, I survived Def Jam. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I used to send uh, promos to AJ Shine wow. at Virtual Radio in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. And so, WKDU. And Stretch and I, we had a, 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 we had a, a friendship with time. any college radio DJ around the world, really. Right. Because, you know, we would send them our tapes and they would send them, they would send us their tapes. And one demo that uh, AJ sent us was Organics, the Roots' very first album. Yeah, and um, you know we played a couple of tracks on the radio, and then come '94, we invited the crew up. And yeah, we, and Stretch, you want to play him the little excerpt? I do, in fact. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have some audio prepared. This is actually the appearance you made on our show on September eighth in nineteen ninety four. Boom. Check, check it out. I get up over in my seat with all my rap energy. Leader of the black ministry, I got the chemistry that confused. I amuse because I pay dues. Yo, I never take shorts and never lose. Mad crews get ripped. Lyrics from my lip is like brick mad heavy. I get down like a Chevy and shit ripping seeds to confetti your shreds. I go to your head and I got the dress. Representing the roots for feds and papes. Niggas catch vapes. And yo, I make my way on fire escapes. Just like the woo. I gotta do what I got. Do to represent the roots crew. So who the hell are you? I'm selling a better telling when I'm lyrically excelling, rebelling. I will take my hands out my pocket just to get the wave and the flame. I can rock and put you in your grave. Yes, or point E, turn a lead, Mr. Black Thought. I'm burning the MC that might win a battle attack or better battle the Black Thought, the Black Cat that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and on today's episode of Cringeworthy, yeah. nah, man, um, yo, I, that, it, it, I just, there was a, I just uh, had a visceral experience, man. It, it, I've never heard that audio. You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy, man. It really took me back to, you know, traveling up to New York City from Philadelphia and just like, you know, like we took that really, really seriously. Like, you know, we, there weren't that many rappers from Philly that got a chance to sort of represent, you know. So, yeah, that really took me back. So, you know, oh, uh, Questlove, he mentioned that you and him and the crew would get tapes of me and Stretch's show in Philadelphia, yeah. and you would hear cats being like, yo, I'm going to kick this freestyle. Mm-hmm. Stretch and I talk about the terminology a lot, right? So, like, you know, in New York at the time, if you were going to kick a freestyle, it just meant a rhyme that wasn't on an album or a 12-inch. Right. It didn't necessarily mean that it was off the top of or the a, head, or, right? a, or a song. It just was, just was lines, right? Bar, bars, yeah. as yeah. they say now, yeah. unreleased, unreleased, unreleased. <laughs> but yeah, what it what it meant was uh, it had to be fully Im- improvised. So yeah, it had to be off the top of the of of the head, so to speak. I don't know if that was a rule, but so many people who came, you know, to rhyme with you guys, rhymed off the top of the of the dome, so to speak. So um, yeah, that that sort of became the, the the standard. We would do entire roots performances where my uh, my partner at the time, Malik B, and I would just freestyle the entire show. Um, the way we like uh, it 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 uh, it, it 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 
influenced our recording process in that, you know, we would get songs done relatively fast. Like we'd be in the lab doing, you know, two and three joints uh, uh, per session just because, you know, we would freestyle it. You know, so um, we we you know, at, at that time became super uh, proficient, and it's super hard to determine whether it was you know what the difference is. You know, so um, I, I, I sort of aspired to, to that greatness at the time. You know, you guys are so super attentive and just like quiet. <laughs> like I'm not used. I'm I don't know. Like maybe the, I, the well, this is this is how you guys say, do it now. But. No, you know, we're, we're we're trying to make up for what we did in the '90s. Which I'm like, well, I mean, what was that like? It was word. like we're, we're, we don't want to ask yeah, you anything. Like, yeah, we just want to. It's crazy. Like shoot, you're not. The there's no in. multitasking we're, going on. Nothing. Like where's Bob? No, oh, right. he's sleeping under the. Yo, Bob. Where's Lord Sear? Like, here. Right, right. Is right, nobody right. manning the phone lines? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different animal it's yeah different. yeah so in 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 your experience right and in, in, in these in this decade leading up to you coming to new york mm-hmm. what are these influences that that you're collecting from you know early 80s to to 90s that are f- philly specific um philly djs sort of sort of always won battles and, and always won awards and, and stuff like that and were always super sharp um i remember there was a there was a record i, I forget the name of the artist but it, it was a record called uh it ain't new york because philly's stepping in you remember that joint I think they all, I think only oh, Lady man. Lady B only played that. It was a Philly anthem, no. You that's know what, what they, that's what they call rare rap and the twelve inch goes for eight hundred dollars. <laughs> and money money in Zurich, Switzerland yeah. got the only copy. <laughs> Straight up, but no, yeah, and uh, my other my influences were definitely Schooly D, you know, who who pioneered gangster rap single handedly. Questlove and I, we were in in high school with artists like Boys to Men and, and Amel Larue really? and Christian wow. McBride, Joey DeFrancesco. Like they were all sort of we were coming of age together, but we were Questlove and I were more interested in the stories that our friend Jay Wands would come in and tell us because Jay Wands was down with the Hilltop Hustlers and he used to come and tell us stories about, yeah, you know, I was with Mimi Brown in a limo. You know what I'm saying? And he would sometimes get picked up in a limousine, you know, after school. And it's like, wow, he's going to do rap shit. You know what I mean? But it was, you know, um, we had Joey DeFrancesco who was playing, he was playing keyboard, playing piano for Miles Davis at the time. Wow. And we didn't care. I didn't. I was like, yo, you know, where's dude? He was your classmate. The rapper. Yeah, yeah. He was our he was our classmate. And Christian McBride, Boys to Men, all all those people that I sort of named. Um, so that was it, it was definitely an influence as well. We went to sort of uh the the LaGuardia of of Philadelphia, you know, the high school for creative and mm-hmm. performing arts. And that's where the roots were formed. Yeah, yeah. That's when you when you were when you were fourteen? It's something like that. Yeah. Uh nineteen eighty seven. So I was like fourteen, you know what I'm saying, maybe about to be fifteen or something. At that point, where did you think you fit in talent-wise, like on the scale of like, I'm just starting out to, yo, world supremacy? Um, I thought I was like the greatest. Like I thought I was the best. You know? <laughs> Even at, 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 at 14. You know, I thought I was the best at nine. You know, when I when I first picked up the pen. 
Um, Do you yeah. remember a, a rhyme that you wrote when the, you were my, nine years the old? The first rhyme I ever wrote <clears throat> is one of those speed joints, like super rapping. Wait, this is this is a milestone because this is going to be the first time that Black Thought does a written on stretching and Bob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's like, uh, I'm a hip hop, I never stop a rockin' all around the clock, a double T, you know it's me, I'm rockin' on the MIC, the money, make a booty shake, a party, rockin' non-stop, a girl take a heart break, undercover, super lover, devin' there, I'm everywhere, double T, I can't be beat, especially on the MIC, so if you wanna challenge me, take the mic and I'ma beat a rock, you in a rock, out make you wanna scream and shout, the beat is also fresh, the TMO so deaf, in the place to be, and then DT. My name, my name used to be a Double T, but I also called myself DT Rock back then. You know, so. <laughs> sounded like young young DT. Beautiful, man. <laughs> wow. Bob and I were, were were talking about things that that spark a memory for us mm. from Philly. Pulled up a little little Google action on uh, on the police bombing of oh, a move organization. Move, yeah. yeah. Move was a uh, a black separatist, black power. Yes, or, or um, it, move is. Right, move yeah, oh, still yeah. exists. Okay, yes. uh, basically there was a lot of uh, friction between between them and the neighbors. Police were constantly yes. getting called, and uh, eventually there was a confrontation in which the police dropped a firebomb yeah. on a row house, and the entire block was burnt down. And innocent people were actually shot as they were trying to escape the fire. Absolutely. Correct? Yeah, what, yeah. what did that mean to you, that whole event? I think 11 people died in that fire. You know, again, if I'm not mistaken, many of whom were, were children. There were only two survivors. You know, uh, a child, a, a boy named Birdie, and um, and and a woman, uh, R- R- Ramona Africa. As far as I recall, you know what I'm saying? Definitely a, a, a part of Philadelphia history that um, that shaped my, my sort of uh, conscious and my awareness and um, just my understanding of propaganda, you know, and how it's, you know, uh, perpetuate. Because I, I remember how, I remember what the news coverage was, and I remember how, like, the community was sort of made to feel. But Osage Avenue, where that took place, uh, that uh, that's what that's the street Quest Love is from. Quest Love is from Osage Avenue. He's from a few a few blocks down. But you know, Philadelphia blocks are short, so he's basically from that street. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was definitely sort of uh, the beginning of my uh, consciousness. You know, I had the pleasure of of listening to multiple times uh, the freestyle you dropped um, at Harvard. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I was really just intrigued by you know you you jump in really just eviscerating politicians like from the first the first bar. Mm-hmm. We're living in some times that's the craziest. They say these legislators are the laziest. Dedicated religious figures have gone atheist. Each and everything must change. There's no escaping this. I'm on a block post-apocalyptic smoke covers, coincidentally presented by the Koch brothers. <laughs> the magnitude of this is bigger than the both of us. The attitude is trying to manage not to choke from it. Go and get the bolt cutters. Open the floodgate. Any relationship I've ever been in was love-hate. The city I was living in really never was safe. For some, a temporary resolution was duct tape. Now, I'm going to probably be on the blacklist, but I don't give a fuck, so I'm going to shrug like Atlas. And if my skepticism... Clearly, you are a voracious reader of literature. Um, You drop... You know, Shakespeare, Dostoevsky, F. Scott Fitzgerald, goes on and on and on. It's also apparent that that you stay up on current events. Yeah. Has that been a part of you for your entire you know, adolescence through adult life? Or is that something that more recently has become a little bit more urgent with where this country has been going? Um, I've always sort of listened to news radio. Like, I grew up, you know, riding in the backseat of, of a Cadillac with my grandfather driving you know, chain smoking, uh, 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 Benson and Hedges gold, 
and um and listening to news radio listening so, to npr I, I mean, you know, so it's like that's what i do i'm that you know dude who's like could, could you please put on 10 10 win? you know what i'm saying um i mean i hear what's what the news says is is, is going on so i i, I have a, a more broad representation i try and you know dial in deeper you know in, 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 into world news and and just you know get uh, different opinions you know what i mean it's it's almost a responsibility as an artist. I'm able to inform the listener because I'm informed. I'm just curious about the physicality of your performance. Like clearly, you're you're embracing a lot of energy, a lot of history, a lot of reading, a lot of. But w- how does that manifest in, you know, the body of Black Thought when he's on the mic? Man. I see you got the towel here, like you ready, like you ready to go into the ring. <laughs> you can't prep. You, I, I guess you think we're gonna ask you to rhyme. Nah, man. <laughs> nah, you know, I just, um, you know, uh, I just try and try and do, do do my best, bro. You know what I'm saying? I come out. Uh, the fact that I, I don't have a hype man, I, there's no DJ, you know, who also has a mic. This quest love, but uh, more often than not, he's speaking into a mic that only we hear because he's. Music, you know, he's band director, mm-hmm. so he's giving us direction. So he's, I'm up there with nobody to sort of back me up. Yeah, but uh, you know, um, um, the way in which I resonate with 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 the audience, so I try to make that connection. But then I'm also I'm an introvert too, so it's weird. It's like I try and make eye contact and connect with the audience, but sometimes. I feel like too much of a connection and it's like, whoa, it's like, you know, it's overwhelming. You, <laughs> stop, know, you know what I'm saying? Stop staring it's, at me. No, yeah. You're it's, on stage. What do you I know. Want? It's a little bit of that. I don't know. I'm on stage, but I, I, you know, I, there are very many layers of, of, of the facade of protection for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's the band. There's the, you know, the fact that there's other instrumentation that is, it's at a higher, more elevated level, literally, than I am. So it's like, look at them. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Are, are you stretching before you perform? Are you doing vocal? I, like, I, no, like we, I, I, they I trained to, us for this NPR. I used to, I, I used to do that sort of thing, but I, 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 I don't do any of that. I don't, I don't, I, there's, there's no preparation that goes nah. into uh, a performance that I'm about to do, aside from concentration and, and mental sort of focus. Are, are some performances though? Do do some, certain performances take you to a place? That others don't. I yep. mean, like, all right, so like the Funk Flex one. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry for your loss. There's somebody dead in the car, and it's probably one of yours. The writing all across the window. I mean, you know, if you're playing basketball, you might be in, in that zone where you feel sure. like you're not even pulling the trigger. Yeah. It's just like yes. God is is yeah. guiding yes. the ball into yeah. the hoop. Yeah. Talking class. Now it's pistols punishing people for talking fast, and all these innocent bystanders is hauling ass. I hate to say I told y'all, but I told y'all things fall apart when it's in a two week to hold y'all. I'm just collecting what you. Owe to my old jaw. You about to get swooped down on and stole on full sweaty wise. Wise men know they foolish. But we was headed Yeah, there, there are definitely some performances that I feel like God sort of takes the wheel. You know what I mean? And and I do experience that 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 blackout sort of thing. But on the funk on uh as it pertained to that flex freestyle, that was I mean, I blacked out, but it was not a blackout sort of, you know, moment. The preparation did go uh that much preparation went into that freestyle. Right. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, it was like my first flex sort of, you know what I mean? Right, like right. official uh-huh. freestyle. So, yeah. <laughs> Even though later on you said, yeah, it was just what I was thinking about that I mean, day. It, I mean, it was. <laughs> it, it was all I was thinking about that day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's, That's true. Like, That's all I was thinking about. And then Nothing I got else. there. No, then I got there and then and we, we did an interview. 
Yeah. And I was like, shit, like, you know what I mean? I don't, I, I'm lo- I'm losing my edge. Like I came in ring, right. ring ready. And you know, when we chopping it up and he's like, yeah, man, some of my favorite Philly dudes, yeah. man, Philly. And he was just, I'm like, yo, like when can we put the beat? So that's why as soon as you hear the beat, it's like, boom. And then I just start rapping immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 amazing. Boom, and it weighs a ton. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, you know, earlier you mentioned how the whole art of freestyling, how that made recording records more expedient. Yes. Did that make them lyrically perhaps lighter since they you, you maybe didn't ruminate on on a topic and, and go deeper and, and craft? Did you have to give up the gravitas for the expediency? I don't I don't I don't think so. I think, you know, at that stage of our career, like we were way less removed from high school and college uh, curriculum. A lot of that information was just still fresh. Like, it's information that I sort of had to retain was still there to be pulled from, you know what I'm saying? Like, now, you know, you sort of have to, you know, watch a documentary, read a book. It's like, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to refill the banks, you know what I mean? Because over time, they sort of get depleted. It's it, like your, your lexicon, you know, it, it lessens, you know what I'm saying? Unless you're, like, Constantly, sort of, sort of fueling the fire, and then also, uh, both uh, Malik B and I, before we signed a deal, we would go out on tour with um, some of these jazz musicians, like uh, Steve Coleman, Greg Osby, uh, Cassandra Wilson, different um, um, you know contemporary jazz artists of of the day, who we knew through our, our manager at the time, AJ Shine's partner, Rich Nichols, who uh, he passed away a few years ago, but back yeah, then he was a yeah, absolutely. Russ and Power. He was a, the jazz DJ on at Temple University, so he had forged a lot of these relationships, and he was able to, uh, you know, before we secured a record deal, get us out there as sort of working musicians, making you know at least a couple dollars to go and you know mm-hmm. do this quick gig in Austria with this saxophonist. But none of them will play in you know the uh, four four <laughs> meter, <laughs> so they would just play all this crazy in <laughs> bass, crazy jazz. <laughs> you know, David Murray, you know, was just screaming all over the place with the sax and then it's like you know you have to find a space within that to fit in like to rap and it's freestyle so coming from that to where you're gonna play a, a break beat that you know is one of my favorite joints and it's in 4-4 it's just like well, it's, a re- it's a huge relief uh-huh. you know what I mean it sort of returns <laughs> sure, to sure, just sure. regular old hip hop you know right, what right. I mean so we were coming off of that too Yeah, I'm gonna switch gears cause I, I mean clearly you're reading a lot as a youth what were you reading and being inspired by? Because I don't think you've arrived recently at being more politically active or socially mm-hmm. conscious. Or, yeah, you know, I mean, you you were talking about the the move incident in the '80s, and you were affected by that. Mm-hmm. So, what what was the the early? You know, was it comic books? Was it you know, cats uh, passing you books that they were reading as five percenters, or you know, what was going on in Philadelphia in, in the young Tariq Trotter's uh, mind? Um, I mean, you know, I was uh, uh, sort of, I was born into the, the nation of Islam, you know, so uh, there was, uh, th- there's lots of, of information that uh, I would sort of receive. I mean, I guess just because it's what I was being exposed to, you know, in the household and, and, and uh, you know, speeches that I would hear and, you know, paper, uh, uh, newspapers and, and, and all that sort of thing, uh, pamphlets that that um, my, my, my mother would have when I was growing up. But then I also uh, grew up um, around my grandmother, who was very active in the church and would take me you know, to church with her. So um, uh, 
I, I got some of my information, you know, from 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 there as well. But but uh, were you reading the Quran and the I, Bible? I was reading the Quran. I was reading the Bible. I was always super into English, lit, you know, lit. Like I was, you know, English and, and history, or you know, at the time I guess social studies or whatever was like uh, my 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 a couple of my favorite courses in school. I mean, besides uh, outside of vi- visual art, you know. So um, I don't know. I really I, I took to uh, uh, Shakespeare and 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 the cadence in in which he would write sometimes. And um, when I saw rappers, you know, using that, you know, when I saw Big Daddy Kane and Coogee Rap and Rakim sort of rapping in in in, uh, in iambic pentameter, it's called. <laughs> um, I was like, yo, this is dope. You know what I'm saying? And and it it had a, a huge impact on me as a young writer. You know what I'm saying? I said, yo, this is dope. And it, it sort of opened up, you know, a world of, you know, just trying to, na- I, I try to navigate. So one of those, one of those Wu-Tang dudes said uh, before that too much knowledge might break up the rhyme. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that that rings true. Like there's a such thing as, you know, just being too densely packed with information for the listener to digest, you know, like so much that, you know, they shut down and, and they're not receiving anything that you're trying to give them. So it's, it's a delicate balance between, you know, keeping it street, keeping it hood, and then saying something that's going to, you know, make you want to go do a little bit of research. You know what I mean? Well, I also think, uh, you know, th- there's something to be said for layering, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we interviewed Rakim for this season and, and, you know, and doing our research, I was listening to certain rhymes that I was like, I heard that 30 years ago and I'm just realizing the right. metaphor now. Yeah, that's crazy, man. As many that, times man. as I've heard that, yep, right? And yep. so, yeah, it's it's wonderful to, as a hip hop appreciator. And it's it's interesting too, because I'm, I'm realizing that like, you know, for the generation prior to ours, I'm born in 66, mm-hmm. you know, like hip hop for us was part of our education right right like whereas uh, a huge part for my some older of us, brothers went to the library yeah. they went to bookshops yeah. for us we were learning from absolutely what we were hearing yes. in hip-hop yep absolutely that you know that was our window you know to the world it was and, and that was that that was the original sort of uh uh you know cnn msnbc for us it was it was uh, uh melly mel you know what i'm saying and grandmaster kaz and you know, cool mode, and then it was. I mean, it was it was it was Africa Bambada and those dudes, and then it was you know the 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 Chuck D's and and Rakim, Kane, G Rap. You know what I'm saying? Just a, a look in into their world. Um, for some of us, it wasn't just a part of our education. For some of us, that's the only education that we've had. You know what I mean? It's also it, a huge value for me as a as a white kid. Yeah. The information that I that I garnered from hip hop. Right was I mean you, you can't even measure it you know the, what I learned in school compared to what I learned from music exactly right are completely different things I agree and um yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't be the same person if it wasn't if it was for hip hop for sure Likewise. um are you you know I, I get it you know spirituality and religion are you know for a lot of people very personal and private matters I don't know. Um, if that's something we you're, you're comfortable talking about, but are are you still a Muslim? Um, I mean, I feel like you know, I I was born a Muslim, so I'm kind of you know, it, it, that that's what it is. Does that I mean does that feel like a, a cultural identity, or is there an actual <gasps> uh, theological practice that goes with that, or or is your spirituality something else entirely? No, I mean, I think my spirituality is 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 also ever evolving, and um, I mean, there's no 
I mean, I've, I've studied quite a few. Uh, I've studied religion from a few different perspectives, none of which I agree with, you know, one thousand percent wholeheartedly. So um, that's that's sort of where I am with my spirituality, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I could go, I could, I could quote, you know, verse and 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 chapter and verse with with you know Christians and you know Muslims as well. And I feel like uh, that that adds to you know, like why my music sort of feels uh, informed or as informed as as it does. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm study. You know, I study Buddhism, Taoism, Islam, Christianity. You know, just the the, the religions and, and practices of of the world. And I try and find that that common thread, that that common denominator. And that's what you know. I tend to you know believe uh, the most. You know what I mean? Um, you know, when 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 there, there's a, a reoccurring theme. Black Thought MC, comedian, yeah, yeah. actor, fashion designer, writer, artist, art, yeah, visual artist, whatever. sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. And one one role that we're missing is is father. Oh, um man. and uh you know, as a as a parent myself, you know, the other day I brought up my son to my basketball tournament that I produce and yo, he grabbed the mic. He wow. had, he had never seen me announce a game. I'm not a, not an MC like you, but I'm saying like I announced basketball games and he right. grabbed the mic and he just started being like, I, I started saying numbers and everything. Wow. So, you know, that's clearly, I, I don't push my son towards basketball. I don't push him towards hip hop or, right. you know, nothing like, but he, he, in his DNA strategy, he's got signals that are telling him like, yo, basketball is cool, yeah. music is cool. I'm wondering what type of relationship do you have, or what do you see in your kids that that is clearly reflected in your in your spirit that you're seeing come out come um, out of them. All of my children are are artists. You know, some of my children are visual artists. Some are musicians. You know, I have. Uh, Wait, how many children do you have? I have six. I have five boys and one daughter. Oh wow! You know, um, two of my boys are, are twins. My youngest, Tariq, who's about to be three. And then um, my oldest, Amir, who uh, is 18. And Amir is a musician. Uh, my son, you know, my next son under him, Benjamin, is is a visual artist. He's, uh, he's starting in a couple of weeks at University of the Arts in Philly. Word. You know, so, um, yeah, and Amir, <laughs> you, know, um, he, you know, he's a, a singer. He plays piano. He plays guitar. He, uh, you know, he aspires to be, I don't know, a vocalist of some sort, but he, his focus isn't on rapping. He can rap a little bit, like, but it's a joke when he does it. You know? uh, um, I mean, I don't mean like his bars are a joke. I mean, like when he does it, he's just like messing around. <laughs> you might hear this. Um, Dad, I want to battle you tonight. No. Yeah, but what I, you know, I it's definitely, I, I, I try not to... Uh, impress upon my children, you know, any sort of uh, you know, direction in that way either. I'm just there. I'm here, you know, to advise and for guidance if you sort of need it. But I don't want to ruin it for you by, you know, making it something that I'm super excited about and, you know, making you feel as if you have to sort of go, you know, follow my footsteps or, or else, you know. My daughter, who's 12 years old, she's in a film film and documentary uh taking like like a filmmaking course right now and uh how old is she she's 12 i mean this is not fair <laughs> like i mean this just didn't happen when we were 12 so I, oh yeah I, you tell me about it but so she uh i don't know i, I don't want to scare her away from her natural sort of you know wit 
So I'm just going, you know, I'm going to see how it pans out, you know, just let her do the documentary thing for a while. But I mean, it's exciting when you, you sort of, uh, you know, get even an inkling that, that, you know, your child might just genetically have some part of your creativity. You know what I'm saying? You have to sort of nurture it without affecting it. Like, you know, messing up the space time continuum. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I think, uh, similarly, um, I, I experienced some trauma as a kid and uh, and being a parent, Mm-mm. there are moments when my son does things that stirs up both for me and my wife, mm. trauma, you know, reminiscent of our own experiences. Right. And it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Right. Do, do you do you have those moments? I mean, I suffer from PTSD, you know, and it, it manifests itself just in different ways at, you know, at different times, you know what I'm saying? What was normal for me as a child, I've, I've grown to understand is not, you know, normal just murder and 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 being exposed to that sort of thing and and in understanding you know the concept of the, the taking of one's life knowing people seeing people murdered at such a young age and just you know gunshots and what Philadelphia was like when I was growing up I mean and it wasn't only this way but you know um just many of the things that you know, I saw as normal I can't even articulate the the effect that they they've had on on, on me you know what I'm saying and it's a, it's it's an everyday sort of struggle you know that's just real and, and that you know I mean I feel like very very many of us suffer from uh, you know, un, undiagnosed mental health issues and, and and you know traumatic stress uh you know issues just based on where when and where we sort of you know grew up you know what I mean? you've spoken openly recently about the murder of your mother yeah yeah in the wake of that having to go through two trials yeah when they yeah. caught when they caught the the perpetrator yeah yeah Having to live that twice, once is horrific enough. Twice, um, said for a moment you were sinking into a space of nihilism. I think you said you you understood a, what a serial killer might the, yeah. that, that mentality. Yes, but then something something switched in you. Yeah, and and you were able to use your mother as a source of inspiration, absolutely. determination, and perseverance. Absolutely. I don't know if if you'd like to share that. In a nutshell, that's it. You know, both both my parents uh, were murdered. My father, when I was you know super young, and uh, and my mother, when I was um, in high school, like around you know after the, the Quest Love and I had sort of been together for a year or so, I lost my mom. You know, I felt like uh, the world might end. You know, like my my world, something within me was lost when I lost my mom. But um, yeah, it sort of renewed uh, a drive as well within myself that that just made me more determined to sort of make whatever it was that I was going to do uh pop you know and at the time I still I did I didn't think I was going to become a professional musician really until after I lost my mind that's when I I really decided like you know this is what I want to do like this and only this is is sort of what what I want to do did that focus help you move forward from the incident I think so I think I think that's what got I think I think art is 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 what sort of got me through, you know. I, I was surrounded with just you know a good team, and I just had I had good friends. I had a, a good girlfriend at the time. Quest was there. His family stepped up. You know, my family stepped up, and 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 we just just were, were able to sort of get get through it. So being in the roots was more than being in a band. It was yeah, it was absolutely, a, it was a community. yeah, yeah, yeah. The which, roots, which you know, if you had been a solo MC, your trajectory may have been 
Yeah, very def- different. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the roots is is a family. The roots is a, is a, a community. It's a, you know, or at least that we began as a, a family that grew into a community and and now it's sort of a, an American institution. <laughs> I mean, yes, a, little, a, little, a little bit, yes, like indeed. you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you get back off the road you know, during all these tours and all these passports and eating and, you know, the sneakers. Definitely and- eating. <laughs> I, may, I, may have, I may have eaten a few sneakers. <laughs> when you go, when you walk through the door, what's the first thing that Tariq Trotter does as a ritual at the crib? Yeah. At the crib. Kiss my family, take my shoes off. Where? Um, well, no, not that. It'll take my shoes off, kiss my family. <laughs> uh, it's weird, you know. As soon as I walk into the crib, my wife, she starts talking. Like, you know, I don't know. You, I mean, I guess this happens to for a lot of guys, but she starts talking immediately. Like, whether our eyes have met or not. Like, she could be in a different room, upstairs, different section of the house. Once I open the door, yeah. she's gonna start talking. So. I mean, it's just like it's about getting preparing myself for that. Sometimes, you know, I'm standing right outside the door, just like you know, doing doing a stretch, just like you know what I mean, just like getting that last you know inhalation and before you know, because when I open the door, it's showtime. You know what I'm saying? It's on. Well, I mean, um, she may not have seen you for a week or two weeks or yeah, even yeah, more, you know, right? yeah, yeah. I keep I keep strange hours sometimes, yeah. and I mean, you know, and the fact that you know uh, uh, tonight's show takes up so much time. And I still try and maintain, you know, a presence as, as you know, so as solo artists, and we would still do stuff as the roots. It's like there's only so much time. I feel like your sunglasses have become the equivalent of LL Cool J's Kango. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, sometimes... <laughs> You're like LL never. Yo, he was at a wedding, and Pete Nice told me that LL took a shower. Before he got went into the pool with his Kangol on, like he oh, just didn't man. take it off. So yo, that's crazy. The sunglasses are kind of like representative of similar. Absolutely, I becoming mean, you know, your sunglasses are becoming like mythic proportions. I mean, it's part of my brand. You know, what I mean, it's part of my. It's you my actually thing. have a you have a sunglass line, right? Yeah, I do. I did um a collaboration. <laughs> I did a collaboration with uh, with with Moscott, who you know happens to be you know one of the oldest, if not the uh, oldest optician in New York City. You know, they've been around for over 100 years. I think the year that we collaborated, which was a, a few years ago now, um, they were celebrating their 100th anniversary. And uh, I did a, a, an amazing frame that's called The Grunion, which is one of their uh, classic frames that's been around for years. And I took it and tweaked it and, you know, changed the, the colors and changed the size and freaked the lenses and, you know, put my signature on the inside. So that's a thing, you know. So Tariq, my man, musically, yes, what's down the pipeline? Um, you know, more vo- more volumes of of uh, streams of thought um, are going to be coming out, you know, in relative close you know, sequence. Ninth producing again. Um, I've got some more stuff with Ninth, as you know, that's unreleased. Um, as well as with the whole slew of of other you know sort of produce like minded producers that you know you might expect me sure. to to be working with, but then there's a couple curveballs like total surprises that people are gonna be like what? And some of that is you know the best stuff just because um, of the urgency. You know, a lot of these uh, collaborations are done over 
two or three, you know, or four sessions. It's not like I'm spending weeks at a time, you know, like I'm I'm in an album recording process. You know what I mean? It's uh, what Streams of Thought is sort of about is is what comes of uh, a more brief sort of uh, you know, interaction. You know what I mean? Let's take a quick break. We're going to come right back with Black Thought and the Impression Session. Some things were meant for each other. Fries and milkshakes, selfies and duck face. And now, what's good with Stretch and Bobito and Spotify? Yes, the same app that has millions of songs now also has thousands of podcasts. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite shows and discover new ones. To subscribe to ours, search for What's Good with Stretch and Bobito, tap follow, and get every new episode delivered to you. Podcasts on Spotify, they're streaming right now. And now and now. Planet Money tip number 17. A great analogy doesn't have to make sense. Busier than a one-legged bobcat covering up his own crap on a frozen pond. Did you just make that up? Well, yeah. Planet Money, a poetic podcast about the economy. That means one thing. It's time for the impression session. Here's how it works. We play you a track. You react. Simple as that. All right, Black. Oh, that, that. Okay, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Who's going first? You go first. All right. Since we didn't make no records in a long time, why don't you show these rap sap suckers what kind of rhymes you got? Money? Here's the solution. Smoke so bad, I'm the cause of pollution. For satisfaction, bad assassin, fatal attraction. Drop you two in a proper fraction. Feel insanity. Kill like Amityville. Horror while I wipe out humanity. We'll leave a path to track the trails to trace. But when you're stepping inside of a mirror, you see my face and I terrify. Um, I, thought it, I thought it was the instrumental. <laughs> Fox clever than never. Silly ducks writing rhymes with feathers. Never no needles that needed you in death. This dope, cause I'm a death with. Not even Bob Hope. Rhymes are rugged, so funny, cold blooded. Just cut it. He said, You ain't better, your butter. So just cut it. <laughs> like, come on, man. And this, this, this is in 1987, yo. Right, 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 right. Crazy. Oof. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So, all right, so now, what's, what's, what's the next one? <laughs> We're what? moving on. Well, we got to identify the record. That is Cool G Rap, one of our favorites of all time. The song is called Men at Work, and it's from his 1988 album, Road to the Riches. Yes, and it also inspired a Roots song called Thought at Work. Which, which we're gonna we're probably which you yeah, crush. We're play <laughs> yeah, <I mean>. <laughs> <laughs> we can't play too much music on the show. Oh. <laughs> But I, I don't think more needs to be said. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> than that. We'll, we'll go to. Uh, can you play, please? Um, let's go with track number one. Of course. I mean, it's, yeah, this just makes me proud. Yeah, it just makes me proud, like, you know. 
Like, Patty, if, if there was a... So that's uh, LaBelle. Yeah, that's LaBelle. With, uh, you know, going Patty, on a holiday. Yes. Patty LaBelle it, it makes me just super proud when I hear that. It's like uh, uh, if Philadelphia had a Statue of Liberty, then it would be Patty LaBelle. Mm. She, uh, I, I, you know, I had the great fortune. When I was at Lower Marion High School, I was part of an academic program, and she was involved oh, nice. as a mentor. Nice. And I was selected to be the the mentee. Nice. And That's I spent crazy. Patty LaBelle mentor like you you're becoming more and more from like Philadelphia. <laughs> like by the minute like you real like she yo, know, she could she You're said, about to she, be able to hold office. She introduced me to Tempura. This is like nineteen eighty four. Wow. I mean, I've never even heard of that. She's making That's potatoes, crazy. singing in the kitchen and all that. But uh yeah, I mean of course I want to play that for you because of the Philly component, but Absolutely. also um the roots, I, I don't know that that the crew gets the credit that it may for sort of the current of neo soul that comes out of the Philadelphia scene. Oh yeah, yeah. and you're you're it's like the you your members were participatory in that, but also you were having guest vocalists, you know, Joe Scott mm -hmm. on "You Got Me," uh, the live version before Erica gets on for yeah. the for the uh, album version. Um, and you're just you're just kind of like grabbing all these talented people, yeah, and pushing Jaguar right, yeah. you know, all these people forward. Yeah, Jazz, what, Jasmine Sullivan, Music Soul Child, uh, you know, Bilal, John Legend, um, um, Kendra Family Soul. Uh, they're all part uh, of this yeah, roots yeah, all, all, extended all, collective. Yeah, right? yeah part of yeah. part of a you know a movement and era mm -hmm. that you know was represented by jam sessions that uh, we would hold. Everyone sort of came down, you know, to check that out too. Like, you know, Prince, you're gonna be like, yo, Prince is in the house. <laughs> Janet Jackson's here. Did you know? What I mean, people would come down from New York and people would come out from LA to sort of see what was going on because it was uh, uh, magical. Like at at that time, yeah, crazy. I mean, one of my favorite records of all time by the Roots Crew is the You Got Me live concert version. Oh, yeah, yeah. When it's like, my name is J-I-L-L-S-E. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. That was beautiful, Bob. <laughs> Shit, you should just let him yell and keep going. <laughs> I'll never let him do that. <laughs> he didn't let me rhyme on a show back in the 90s, and now he doesn't let me sing on our podcast. Uh, I don't know. He's holding <laughs> me back. He's holding a, my, my a, artistry. A trend here. Cool, cool <laughs> Bob Love. That's right. Cucumber Slice. Yeah. Tariq. My man, thank you for coming. Do through. you prefer yeah. to be called Tariq or yeah. or Thought? Uh, I mean, you know, either or. I mean, interchangeable. You know, yeah, they are. They are interchangeable. I mean, but on the you know on tonight's show, I prefer to be called Tariq. But just in life, like yeah, Tariq Thought, whatever. You know, we feel like we've known you a long time. Absolutely, you could call me Tariq. You like you guys have known me long enough to call me Reek. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, for real, for real, Reek, man. Thank you. That's for real. And and you know, I know you hear it a lot, but uh we don't see you that often. Congratulations on uh, no, the family, you. the success, everything, really. Thanks, bro. Thank you guys, man. That is our show. This podcast was produced by Michelle Lanz, edited by Jordana Hochman and Nigeri Eaton, and our executive producer is Abby O'Neill. Music by composer Ellie Escobar and our own Robertino Garcia. If you like the show, you can find more at npr.org or wherever you get your podcasts, including bonus video content on Spotify on Fridays. 
Thanks to Spotify for their support. While you're at it, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. That's how we know you are listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Stretch and Bob or Instagram at Stretch and Bobito. Word up! Peace!